Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are dandy. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia murder. I'm Gabriel Warrior. Eric Green from Simple Tour. Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Anthony Michael. We are Gorgasm. This is the phone creator. This is from Suffocation. Phantasm Podcast. Join your host, Corey Gorkrest and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofantasm.com. The only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. Now, please welcome our guest of honor. This is Tyler from Miami, and you're listening to Fantastic Podcast. Gore Christ, Phantasm Podcast, Quarantine, here with Dr. Vincent West from across the fucking board. What's going on, Doctor? Good, we got a very, very special guest today, and uh, we got an awesome fucking movie we've been meaning to do for a long time. We are using the 2B app for this quarantine process of Phantasm Podcast here. Uh, so, now we have Telok of Mayhem, and, uh, Dr. West spoke to him and did a track-by-track track of the new album, Damon. It came out near the end of, uh, 2019. It's on Central Media Records now. New Mayhem. If you've been sleeping out this long, you better fucking go ahead and pick it up, because it's, it kicks fucking ass. It's a good album. It was a good record. Uh, it sucks that the Decibel Tour got canceled. Um, you know, wanted to see Mayhem, so that would've been cool, but, um... Hopefully next year they'll make up those dates and and come back to the states again. So hopefully all this will blow over. But uh, the buy movie tour merch. We put links on our on our page. Go buy their tour merch. Those guys lost a ton of money not being able to come over because of the virus shit. So yeah. if you want some tour merch, it's official and it's from them. Check out the links uh, for our fans in Europe. There's separate links, and I've posted those on our page. And there's also links. Uh, to the for American fans or uh, North American fans in South America as well. Yep, and the film we got for them today, courtesy of Tubi. What do we got? This was a suggestion from you, and, and it's, I didn't know it was a Charles Band thing. It's, it's pretty funny. Compass International, same folks that distributed Halloween, the original one, uh, the good one, the Carpenter one, uh, the old one. <laughs> Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. 
tourist trap where beautiful young people looking for excitement are tricked, terrorized, suspense that makes this the nightmare that never ends. Something crazy is going on at the tourist trap. Yeah, it's been a while for me as well. Um, 1979 uh, was directed by David Schmoller, who is famous for also Crawl Space and Seduction, Puppet Master, uh, and Netherworld. So he's done some good shit. Um, quite a few of those, you know, being the Charles Bam produced movies. Um, and then Charles Bam. Charles Bam. Starring Chuck Connors, and Chuck Connors is actually, uh, what is he? he, he was a baseball player and a basketball player. He played for the Celtics and the Cubs, which is interesting. He was the, uh, one of, one of only 13 athletes in the history of American professional sports to have played baseball and basketball, so, pretty cool. Um, that's all I really know about him, and there's also... Robin Sherwood. She was also in Death Wish 2. She was Carol. I love that movie. In Death Wish 2. <clears throat> and she's also from Miami Beach, Florida. Good night. So, there's that. Cheers. Yep. Uh, yep. Cheers for that. Yep, and, and if anybody... The, the plot of this movie, basically, uh, this couple goes to the desert, and they get a flat tire. Uh, they get to this gas station, and... Um, it ends up being, you know, there's no one in the gas station, but there's, like, mannequins everywhere, and, um, there's some pretty good kills in this movie, and they eventually have another breakdown, and then, uh, you know, some crazy shit happens. Basically, Taurus Trap is, is the perfect name for it, because it gets pretty crazy in this film, and it's actually one of my favorite Charles Band things, and, um, one of the only... <laughs> What's that? Tony Roberts is in this movie. Yep. You guys don't know who that is? View uh, to Kill. I have on Blu-ray Mill Creek called Sheena. She's also the love interest in View to a Kill, the Bond film that I love. Yep, she's, she's Kiri in uh, she Beastmaster. She's also on Charlie's Angels. And she's uh, Kiri in Beastmaster. Oh, yeah. Such a good movie. Don Coscarelli, um, love you. It looks like a 
Conway Quigley is in this too. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. <sighs> yeah, it's actually a really you know a lot of good people in this film, so it's cool. The guy on the screen right now with you got that wearing a red shirt. That's that. Uh, that's uh, Chuck Connors. He looks like fucking David Spade. Unless Tell me he doesn't look like David Spade. <clears throat> he does a little bit. I've seen the same thing. Do you see the crazy mannequin blow all over his face? Correct. Yeah, window opened. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Harder to sync up, folks. Fucking David Spade. <clears throat> David Spade <clears throat> and fucking Tourist Trap. Only on Fantastic Podcast. <clears throat> <clears throat> you put your ball sack into my mouth, anyway. Yeah, you put your ball sack into my mouth. Did you ever see that thing? Oh, shit. So, yeah. Uh, That's pretty good. This film gets crazy right away, I'm pretty sure. It's been a while since I've seen it, but with all these, like, mannequins everywhere, it's kind of... Uh, it's already pretty awesome. I, uh, this movie's just really good I like it look at all these mannequins are just like I don't know what's happening here I'm trying to figure it out are, these, are they just moving by themselves or is it the wind I need to turn on audio real quick hey go across you got fucking bugs I've had a neck out of this butt off ew 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 some poltergeist shit going on it's fucking weird <clears throat> I don't know who did uh, music. It was Pino Donaggio. Uh, I don't know what else he did. He's worked with Brian De Palma on stuff, which is neat. It's pretty cool. Uh, oh, he did the music for Carrie and Piranha. So nice, right there. Also did The Howling, The Black Cat, Lucio Fulci, Body Double. So he's done a lot of the Palma stuff. Um, pretty cool. That's a good... And he did Crawl Space, another David Schmoller flick. He did the score for Body that. Body Double is a killer movie. It is good. And he did Catacomb, so David Schmoller stuck with him there. And... See what else he did. He did uh, Two Evil Eyes, which is that George A. Romero and Dario Argento. Uh, he did The Devil's Daughter, which is uh, Michael Sovey. Um, love him. Uh, yeah, he scored. He scored some good shit. It seemed pretty, pretty decent score there. So awesome with that. He also did Seed of Chucky uh, for something newer that he's done. That's one of them. Uh, what else? Yeah, that's all the real notables that he's done. That I can see offhand here, so that's pretty cool. Um, that is the composer of the of the bullshit, so. Hell yeah. I guess we don't do... I think we've done 79 before. But we can queue up Mr. Chuck of death and get to altering the future if you're ready, Doctor. Absolutely. All right. Altering the future! Thank you, Chuck. And the altering the future, of course, for those of you just tuning into Phantasm for some reason, um, we take you back to the time of the movie that we're reviewing, and we talk about the other movies around that time and music. The Doctor covers that, and sometimes we'll do adult films. Uh, so... 1979 for movies, usually I'll cover the 
you know, horror stuff last. I don't think we've done this year, or we've done it maybe once, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I'll name. I'll name. Oh, back then, God, fart in my face. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, we've done it a couple times, I think. But um, I'll go ahead and list some notables. I'm not going to do everything. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz, Clint Eastwood. Uh, you got <clears throat> two absolute cult classics here. I got to go ahead and just mention here is The Warriors and Mad Max. Two of the some of the best movies ever made. Um, got a Force of One with Chuck Norris. Um, what else we got here? We got uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Uh, we got. Black Stallion, that's Mickey Rooney. Then we got... That's weird. It is weird. We got Apocalypse Now. Everyone loves that shit. It's a great movie. Uh, we got the Muppet movie. Love it. Uh, Dude, you don't understand how much I love that movie. It's great. I had it's it on It's my favorite Muppet movie. It's awesome. I love it. That Rainbow Connection song makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got Time After Time. <laughs> Time After Time, which is Malcolm McDowell as H.G. Wells. That's an interesting movie. I love that movie. It's good. Um, oh, fun fact about that film. Would you like to hear the fun fact? Yes. I think everybody would. Okay, so... Sorry, I'm eating toast. I got screwed over and dropped it or not, so I'm starving. But anyway, um, so here's the deal. That movie was directed by Nicholas Mayer, who would later do Star Trek II Wrath of Khan yep. and Star Trek VI Now Discovered Country. Also, fun little facts for you. First thing Corey Feldman was ever in. Huh. No shit. He has a cameo as a small child in it. He's wandering around the time machine asking who H.G. Wells is when he gets out of it. Nice. Well, there you go. Uh, and if you try to double check me on that, it's not listed in some of the his film bios. But I assure you, if you watch that movie, you will see him. It's the first thing he ever fucking did. Awesome. It is awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, what else? And he has it? the doctor's bowl and the corduroy pants like I was rocking back then too. He has the bowl cut. <laughs> the doctor's cut. <clears throat> Um, what else movies we got 1941 John Berlusi Dan Aykroyd Robert Stack it's a fucking fantastic movie about Pearl Harbor comedy obviously um, what else we got try not to get into the super good ones yet um, Justice for All Al Pacino we can get into some of the horror you got One of Stranger Calls of course, the OG. Um, we'll get into some horror stuff. Why not? We got Nosferatu. Um, What's well, Nosferatu the Vampire, to be specific? Oh, I forgot a big one. We got. Uh, uh, let's. We'll go back to horror. We got fucking Rocky Two. Fucking Apollo Creed. Um. The Great Santini with Robert Duvall, Michael O'Keefe. Uh, trying to leave anything good out here. 
That's horror, that's horror, that's horror. The Frisco Kid, Gene Wilder, Harrison Ford. Got Life of Brian, Monty Python. Good movie. Got one of my favorite comedies, Meatballs. It's with Bill Murray. That is a uh, Gore Christ classic. It is a Gore Christ classic. Um, By the way, that's Chuck Connors out there. Yeah, that's Chuck Connors. That other guy's dead. Um, yeah, Meatballs fucking rules. Uh, Rock and Roll High School. Classic. Love it. Um, shout out to PJ Souls. Um, what else? There's another classic. We got The Jerk, Steve Martin. Love it. Um, got Kramer vs. Kramer. Dustin Hoffman. Um, I don't like Dustin Hoffman in anything. I'm not big on him, but I know that a lot of people like that movie for some reason. Um, Breaking Away. And I share the same birthday, which is weird, but... Nice. And Breaking Away, which is that bicycle racing movie. It's got Dennis Quaid and fucking Daniel Stern in it. <clears throat> I vaguely remember seeing that movie. Um, we'll get we'll go ahead and, and get to the horror here. Uh, one that we've done, The Brood. Love it. Uh, we got Dracula from '79, the jo- the Jan Francis one. And Fra- here's the thing: Frank all the is right in it. It's a great cast. Yeah, Frank Langella played Skeletor from Master Universe. Yep. As as Dracula, it's a little too much. It's a little too slow for me. Yeah. And I don't really care for it. Yeah. Feel that. Uh, we've got prophecy. Not to be confused with the prophecy. But prophecy. Um, we got zombie flesh eaters, which was also known as Zombie Two. It's got Ian McCullough in it, and uh, he was in. Is it? Uh, I think it was House by the Cemetery. He was in. Um, got Driller Killer. Which is a classic one. Uh, Salem's Lot. Yep, Salem's Lot. Uh, Silent Scream. The Evictors. Salem's Lot I love. Silent Scream I haven't seen forever. Don't Go in the House. Uh, Killer Nun. Killer Nun. Wheelchair Fucker has. Yeah. And then the last two. Well, there's three. I'll do it. I'll try to do it in the best order possible. Uh, Amityville Horror. Love it. It's one we haven't done. We'll, we'll do one day, maybe. Uh, the first Alien. And then... You know, I know that movie is slow to a lot of people, but I absolutely love that film. It's amazing. It's one of the um, best films ever made. Horror, I'm sci-fi, whatever. I to watch it. Yeah. I do have a fun story to tell you about Alien real quick in our audience. In 2003, 20th Century Fox put the director's cut of that out for the very first time theatrically. And I went and saw it in Los Angeles at Man's Chinese Theater. Nice. And then later that day, I went to a Chargers game in San Diego a few hours away. Fuck yeah. True story. That's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, there's Alien and the last film, 1979, the very obvious one, Phantasm, 1979. What a great movie. It's my favorite, best of my opinion. So yeah, that wraps up the movie portion of... First of all, I had no idea that you liked Phantasm, that's weird. No, I, yeah, you didn't know that? Crazy. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, who knew? So you like it, okay? Yeah, it's all right. You know. Oh, let's see here. So, shout out to Reggie and Gigi, by the way. Love you guys. Absolutely, love those guys. Now we got the doctor. You got rock by her or something a while back, but still. No. They do have a crazy thing they're trying to do. They're doing this digital convention where it's all over. I don't know if they're doing it Zoom or Skype or however they're going to do it with people, but it's supposed to be that Phantasm Con thing. Um, let me pull up some information on it for them. Um, I guess they're still doing Q&As with a lot of actors and, and people that were part of the film and they're going to try to do this like convention thing. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. It'll be the first time it's ever happened, and I love that they're doing it with Phantasm will be the one to do it. Um, so let's see what we got here. It's Phantasm Con. You can go to Phantasm, that's P-H-A-N-T-A-S-M slash C-O-N dot com. And it is, uh, it'll be May 1st through the 2nd. And it says, the con with balls. So, I already love that. Um, there's a trailer up for it. I'm going to click here and see what they got for guests. So, they do have what they say is an autograph room. So, I don't know if you can buy them from there. And they mail, I guess they mail you stuff. Which is, which is pretty, it's pretty cool, honestly, that they're trying to do this. And there's actually like Q&A sessions. And so, they got, um, let's see what some of the people they got here. Of course, they got Reggie. Uh, Andrew Divoff, which is the Wishmaster, he's going to be one of the people, one of the guests that are going to be doing the Q and A's and autographs. So that's fucking badass. Um, cool. Sammy Phillips from Phantasm Two, David Hartman, the director of uh, Ravager. You got uh, a bunch of people from. By Ravager. the way, it should be noted that Corey's favorite Phantasm film is Ravager. <laughs> we got Cat uh, Lester from One, Three, and Five. She's a lady in lavender. So she's going to be there. Uh, Gloria Henry, which is Rocky, which is amazing, from Phantasm 3 and 5. Uh, Sarah Scott Davis from Phantasm 3. Uh, got a bunch of really cool people on here. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of the effects people. There's a lot of people from different movies too. and um, it, it looks like it'll be fun. You know, something cool for people that are out of conventions, obviously, that can't go, that still want that experience. You got the autographs, you got the exhibitors hall, so there is Fangoria and a bunch of other stuff that I guess that they're going to be, um, maybe it's just like you can go on there and buy stuff, like that put a store up that day or something, I don't know how that's going to work, but it's also art room, uh, there's screenings, so they're going to have screenings on there for you to watch stuff at home, I guess, uh, 
But it, it seems it seems pretty badass. It seems legit. There's a costume contest thing. It's a it says food court. But basically they're just it's just a list of all these things that'll send stuff to your house, which I think it, it's neat how they're doing this, so I really appreciate it and you know Gigi was a huge part of getting this set up, so I think it's really awesome she's trying to do something different and for the people that need a convention and, and, and I think they're gonna pull it off and I think it's gonna be badass, so you know, uh but you guys don't forget, me and Don Coscarelli are trying to raise uh, tramp stamp money for Corey to get Ravager logo over his crack. <laughs> and you can you can do that at Corey'sCrack.net. <laughs> it's it's just the V the V over my crack, like the five. Yeah. There's the prices you get. In all seriousness, they they it is cool they're trying to do this. I hope it's successful for them. It sounds. Like an undertaking, so good luck with them for that. Good luck to them. So, so we got the Silver Sphere access, and that gets you the autograph room, exhibit hall, two film watching parties, two days of Q and A panels, art gallery, mausoleum of fan conventions, fan and pro art gallery, food court, costume contest. It's twenty five bucks <clears throat> to do that. Uh, then you got the four barrel shotgun access, which says swag on it. So I guess you get free stuff sent to you for being a part of that. Some probably some kind of laminate or something neat, you know, maybe a little little swag bag of some free shit. And it says, uh, you know, the same other stuff. Autograph room. Uh, it says two to five minute celebrity chats. So that's pretty cool. I guess it's a personal chat. You get to talk to some of the people and all the other extra stuff included in that last package. And then the final one is the Gold Sphere access, which is all access, private access, surprises, and swag. So. It's pretty reasonably priced for what it is, and, and there's a lot of cool guests on there. And uh, for anyone who's near, even remotely a Phantasm fan or a horror fan, I think this is going to be a crazy experience for people that are into that and can, you know, drop the dough on it and get, and get to it. So I think it's really neat, and hopefully it's uh, a lot of people do it, and they'll end up doing it every year, and it'll actually turn into something neat, you know, and actually do like a physical con once we get out of this bullshit. So, uh, yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. Now we're okay. Seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. Sorry. <coughs> Here we go. Yeah, we, we're back to the uh, altering the future music. Nineteen seventy nine. Doctor. Desolation Angels from Bad Company. It's a great record. Nice. <clears throat> um, Bad Company. I actually like a lot. I like Paul um, Rogers. Love him. I just, I, I like, yeah, they're great. Um. Uh, let's see here. TKO, let it roll. Look at that mannequin. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, on parole from Motorhead. Um, State of Shock from Ted Nugent. Uh, Street Machine from Sammy Hagar. Uh, Evolution from Journey. The EP that Def Leppard got their record deal for On Through the Night, which would follow. Uh, Canadian band Helix breaking loose. Uh, let's see here. Um, the Soundhouse tapes from uh, Iron Maiden, which is a very popular live bootleg. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Kiss Dynasty. Love it. Um, One of my favorite albums. Night, Night in the Rush from Aerosmith, which is a fucking fantastic album. I like their 70s, early 80s stuff. Uh, self-titled Saxon album, 
All I gotta say is get you a twelve pack, kids, and then listen to Not in the Ruts. Mm-hmm. And if you switch the the, the N and the R out, it's Rot in the Nuts. Yep. <laughs> get you that twelve or Rot right in the Nuts. Fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, Rainbows down to earth. Uh, Mirrors from Blue Oyster Cult. The right. debut album from Accept. Uh, Love Hunter from White Snake. Unleashed in the East from Judas Priest. Enter the Straight Album line. from Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Rose from Thin Lizzy. It's a fabulous record. Van Halen 2. Brilliant. Highway to Hell from ACDC. Brilliant. My favorite one. Love Drive from The Scorpions. Brilliant. Bomber from fucking Motorhead. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, Overkill yeah. from Motorhead. Brilliant. And ladies and gentlemen, my number one album from 1979. It's a live album, but it's a live album that changed a lot of people's lives, including the members, original core members of Iron Maiden and myself. Strangers in the Night from UFO, best live album ever made. It's good as fuck. Really I'm nice. a shanker, tear it up, one of our guests, go listen to it. People have it, you should. He's a fucking genius. Is he death metal? No, but without him, you wouldn't have had it. Thank you very much, good night. And that is our list of rock Slash metal, whatever you want to call it, from 1979. That concludes. Thank you. And now well, there's some other stuff, yeah, but I skipped it. And if it don't like my list, it means it's shit. So. Yep. Turns the shit list or name it mentioned. Uh, and now that these are uh, people in the film here are getting their little beverage, their cold beverages. Um. I thought you had some some baseball trivia to ask me since we're in a period of where we can't. And since Chuck Connors was a baseball player, this is actually very fitting. Well, that, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I have to discuss something real quick. Is it just me or, or Tanya Roberts' ass cheeks eating them shorts? Thank you. Yep, they're in there. Oh, all right. Getting the cold uh, beverage. A huge Mets fan. He's been a Mets fan since he was tiny. Yep. He is from New York. Well, people you may not know that. New York is a huge fan. So, but just to fuck with him and get him stumped on this live cast, <laughs> there will only be one baseball question. However, there will be something I've mixed in with you tonight because you're a Jets fan. I've got Jets trivia for you and I've got Mets trivia for you. Put so, me on the fucking spot. There's one thing I can't uh, do is retain sports information, but we'll, we'll I'll do my best. We're going to try. Here we go. So, but I am sticking with the Mets and the Jets because those are his teams, and that's what we're going to do. I'll do better with Mets than I will Jets, promise you that. But we'll, <laughs> but we'll do I'll it. I'll try to make the Jets one easy. No, this is fun. We'll do it. And I can't look it up. And I know I'm home and he's not here, but I'm not looking shit up. I don't have my phone. Got him talking on it, so I'm watching the film, and I'm, I'm not going to cheat. I'm just going to see what I can do. We're going to start with the easy stuff. We're going to start with the Mets. I have never met a Mets or and or baseball fan bigger than this gentleman so I love him he is a dear friend of mine and you guys probably already know that but yeah oh and by the way this is gonna be cool her ass is totally eating those shorts too eating the shorts with your ass and I'm drinking Lucky Buddha beer, courtesy of the doctor. Highly recommended on the Phantasm podcast. Get you some Lucky Buddha, the Enlightenment beer. Are you ready? 
Even though it's China beer and we're getting killed by China. What? What? I'm not even going to go there with that. It's funny, though. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Which Hall of Fame pitcher began his career with the New York Mets and went on to rack up over 5,000 strikeouts? Uh, Dwight Gooden. That is incorrect. Hmm. He was, uh, he started his career with the Mets? Which Hall of Fame pitcher began his career with the New York Mets and went on to rack up over 5,000 strikeouts? It's not Dwight Gooden. Uh, 5,000 strikeouts. What year did he play for the Mets? 1966. Fuck. Huh? I have no idea. Nolan Lyon. Oh, yeah. You know, I always forget he was a fucking Met, because he didn't... He didn't stay on the Mets very long. Well, I'm stupid. That's probably super base. We're going to continue with the Mets stuff, and then I'm moving to the Jets. I'm already the worst Mets fan on the planet, courtesy of Phantasm. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. These are extremely hard questions, and I even have these ranked as some of the hardest stuff on here, but I figured I would just have some fun with this, so. Just a lot of me not knowing. That's all it'll be. The first no one's I, I would never I gave you the biggest I always forget I, I always yeah. forget he's a but fucking Matt I always forget that it's okay here we go the first number retired by the Mets belonged to Casey Stengel mm-hmm. who was their first manager I have uh, a, oh, sorry I didn't finish the question hold on uh, the first number retired by the Mets belonged to Casey Stengel, S-T-E-N-G-E-L. Who was their first manager? Who's the, and what was their... What, who was the first manager? That, that question doesn't make any sense. We're skipping that. Skip. I wouldn't have known that. I, don't, I wouldn't have known that anyway, as far as, like, firsts of anything, really, like, unless it's... Okay, here we go. This is this is this is this is it. I think you can get this one, and then I'll probably stop and switch to the Jets because I don't want to spend the whole time doing this. But I thought this would be funny. Are you ready? Yep. I was drafted by the Mets in the seventh round of 2007. I made my major league debut in 2010. In my full first season in 2011, I played 100 games. Who am I? Drafted in 2010. And he played in 2011. Is he on the Mets now? No. I don't think so. He played in 2011? Correct. And that's it? He played only pieces of 2010. He played his full season in 2011. And that was it? That's it, yeah. Uh, He hit 10 home runs in 2011, too. He only hit 10 home runs. Correct. I'll say it's Ike Davis, but he hit over 20, so that's not him. Uh, Fuck. Man, that's tough. I have no idea. Lucas Duda. He played longer than 2011. He was on the World Series team. All I know is, I don't know if that's all the things that I'm 
All right. Well, yeah. Lucas Duda. Call him okay. the, the big Lebowski. Be, no, we're good. We're good. We're, we're giving you... We're going to go until you get one, okay? See, I don't... I don't, I'm not good at sports trivia because I don't... Remember. Here we go. Now, you're okay. You're a huge Mets fan. You can get this one. The New York Mets played their first season in 1962 in which stadium? Uh... I don't remember the name of that. It's, uh... Um... God damn it. <clears throat> the stadium I'm asking you about, they, after this one, they went to Shea. Yeah, I know. It was, it was called, like, Concord or something like that. Um, son of a bitch. I don't remember the name of it. It is called the Polo Grounds. Polo Grounds, that's right. I'm telling you, sports okay. information is completely irrelevant to me because I don't ever retain it. I don't numbers. I'm not. Okay, you ready? I don't retain anything, but fucking. Well, this is more your thing. Here, let's see if you can get this. Just come on, I'm rooting for you here. Come on, everybody, every chair to home for you. Say the word. He he okay. must not be a Mets fan because he has not answered one question. No, no, no one's saying that. Are you ready? Go for it. Which Met leadoff man led the in it? National League in both triples and stolen bases in 2006. Jose Reyes. Boom! It's over. He got it. Because I don't see. That's an there easy. Is. That's an easy one. Doesn't matter. You got it. If it comes back to first in 1960 stuff, it's like I don't. You know, I'm younger. I don't know that kind of information. I should know. I should know the Polo Grounds at least, but I didn't. But that's all right. Yeah, let's try it. Which of these stadiums do you associate with the New York Metropolitans? Subway Station, Met Stadium, Pedro's Place, Shea Stadium. <laughs> oh, it's Pedro's Place. <laughs> uh, it's Shea Stadium, obviously. Yeah. There you go. Here too. Yeah. There it is, folks. It's over. Yeah. I thought it was going to... Okay. <clears throat> I thought you did really good. Yeah, I got... One right, you know. I used to think he had a blow-up uh, Mr. Met, but apparently it was State Puff Marshall, and I was really drunk when I came over there. It was. It was totally State Puff Marshall. Look at that. I totally this, remember that this, wrong. This, this fucking... man is hardcore. This man is a, a diehard Mets fan. Now, just for the hell of it, we're going to do some New York Jets trivia. Because this, that is his... This is going to be worse, because I know way less about the... Jets history than I do the Mets, and obviously I don't know a whole lot about the Mets history dating back from. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep this light. We're not gonna we're not gonna do anything you know ridiculous on this. Well, that fucking mannequin dude, he's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It is. This movie's pretty raunchy so far. If you guys are watching at home on the Two B app or on your Blu-ray or your DVD or even VHS. Um, thank you for tuning in and watching along with us as I fail miserably at sports trivia, but we'll we'll do it. <clears throat> so New York Jets is what we're on next. I think your your woman's about to be uh about to be screwed here and not in the good way that you want her to be. Oh I'm sure. Which I don't know the doctor likes people dying too, but you know what I mean. She's got that little tube top on with her 
booze hanging out. Okay, this is, this is just a fun one. I'm not asking you this. I'm just throwing this out there for fans. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah. Was that the Pro Skater 2 that had the Pro Skater logo on it? Yeah, it was the Pro Skater 2. Yeah. Yep. I do remember that. Looking at it, he's like, oh. Uh, Uh, I'm looking for stuff that I actually think you might, you know. I'm telling you, that's a... That's a fucking annoying one. Okay. Amongst the non-regular season victories the Jets had, what was their biggest margin of victory? Huh? Forty something. That wasn't just an educated guess. It was an educated guess. It wasn't just a guess. <clears throat> I actually remember watching that game. It's on somewhere. I watched. I think I've actually seen that question before somewhere. Like it was like they've actually gotten forty four. Okay, this this should be easy because you just have to guess the NFL team that did this. In two thousand two, which NFL team did the New York Jets shut out? 41 to nothing in the playoffs. Oh, that wasn't a crazy game, too. It was, um... Think uh, about this, because all you have to do is guess the team. I know, I'm trying to remember the the team that it was, because I remember that game. Now, if you want a hint, I can give you a hint. Give me a hint. You want a hint? Was it the Cowboys? No, no, no don't say anything. Do you want a hint or not? Yes, I want a hint. <laughs> Your hint is roommate. Oh, it's the Colts. You got it. There it is. I knew it was. Jeff a... Jester, he's the biggest Jets fan I've ever met. All right. <laughs> Actually, let's do one more because he loves Corey's favorite player for the Jets is Joe Namath. So we're going to do a Joe Namath question and then stop. The most famous quarterback in Jets history, Joe Namath one of Mr. Gore Christ's personal heroes. Oh, yeah. Where did Joe play college at? Um. Don't say anything, and if you'd like a hint, I'll be happy to help you. Um. I'm um, pretty, I, 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 I think. I'm happy to help you. Hang on. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, wait, wait, I got my, I think I got it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that he played for Alabama. He did. Ha ha. You want to know what your hint was going to be? And kids, he would have never guessed this. I was just going to say Nick Saban. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I would have never guessed that. <clears throat> no. <laughs> anyway. Well, we I didn't do too bad on the Jets so one. I actually did. Up, we did do the trivia, and we got the albums done. Well, uh, why don't we... I can ask you some trivia. Why not? Now, here's... Now, hold on a second. Before you do this, full disclosure, I, I am a huge football fan, but football was not my first love. I was forced to play it by my mom as a kid. So, if you're going to stick with trivia with me, 
it needs to be about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, that's what I already got. I was pulling up here, so here we go. Tampa Bay Lightning for the doctor. And let's see what I can find here. Now that I got my phone. Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. There we go. All right. Tampa Bay Lightning trivia. This is the first thing I could find here. We'll see what these questions are like. Who did the Lightning play in their first playoff appearance? It's a team I don't like. That's the only hint I'll give you. It's a pretty good hint, too. What year was this? Just their whatever their first playoff appearance was. It doesn't say what year it is? No. I don't know this. I'm just going to guess. The Devils? Nope. It was the Flyers. I was close. Mm-hmm. Next. Let's see. Who was the Lightning's first head coach? Oh, God, if you'd asked any of the other ones, I could have. Um, well, just to, just to prove my Lightning fandom here, um, Barry Melrose coached them, John Cooper coached them. Those are the two, my two favorite coaches. As who, as far as their first coach is, I don't have a second clue. Terry Crisp. Oh, yeah, Terry Crisp used to do uh, commentating for the uh, National Predators. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Terry Crisp was also uh, Calvary's flame, too. So. Hmm. Actually, Terry Crisp was the head coach, excuse me, of the Calvary Flames when the last time they won a uh, Stanley Cup, who we played in the 03 04 season and beat them in the Stanley Cup, our first Stanley Cup. Go ahead. Yeah, and then there is an uh, easy question for that. Um, But uh, which player led both Tampa Bay Lightning and the league in points during that season? 03 04. Yep. And how many points? Did you know that? I have no, I don't. I couldn't. I don't remember <laughs> that. I drank a lot of beer since then. <laughs> I led the NHL at 94 points, 38 goals, 56 assists. So not bad. Yeah, he was a beast. Yep. Um, let's see what else. Names are harder to remember than stats, I think. No, if you want to, I mean, whatever you want to do. I mean, it depends on what era it is. I mean, I can remember some of this stuff. If it's, if you're staying in the 0304 season above, I should be good. All right. Um, let's see. Which of the following teams did Tampa Bay not face in their run for the 04 Stanley Cup championship? These are the four teams you have to. Tell me the one that... The four teams they played or the four teams they didn't play? Which of the following teams did Tampa not face? So there's only one that they did, <clears throat> obviously. So there's the Islanders, the Canadians, the Flyers, and the Maple Leafs. One of those we didn't play or one of those we did play? Which of the following teams did Tampa Bay not face? So there's one that they did not play. 
the Islanders, the Canadians, the Flyers, and the Maple Leafs. You did? Mm, I don't remember playing the Canadians, so I'm going to guess the Canadians. You're close. It was the Maple Leafs who didn't was, play. Was it the Leafs? Yeah. I couldn't remember. See, here's the thing. The Leafs used to be in the Western Conference, and then they put them in the East, and it kind of just fucked everything up. Yeah. But well, Tampa Bay faced New York in the first round, Montreal in the second, Philadelphia in the semifinals, and finally defeated... Calgary in the finals. <clears throat> um, this is an easy one. Who coached the Lightning their first Stanley Cup win in 0304? Hi, John Tortorella. Yep. Super easy. Which Tampa Bay player won the 2004 Conn Smythe Trophy as play, uh, playoff MVP? I'm going to... Uh, I've got three guesses for that, okay? Mm-hmm. It was either Dave Anderchuk, Vincent LeCavalier, or Nikolai Hammy Boulin. It was one of the three of them. I can't remember. It was Brad Richards. Really? Yeah. You know what's weird about that? He, that guy didn't deserve that. I'm going to tell you why. That was the only fucking time he was with us. And after he won a couple of us, he ran off to the Dallas Stars and then the Red Wings and all yep. that other bullshit. He did. I hated that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, so many. Let's see, I'll do one more in here. What were the most goals allowed by the Lightning in one game? Oh, God, I don't know that, dude. I don't... Ten. I mean, that sounds about right. I don't... Games like that, I've already switched the channel. I'm already pissed. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, I think we're good on trivia. It's fun. But again... Give me one more. I've got to end winning. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. We'll see. Some of those questions were just... This list is cool because it goes down to 2004 at four, you know. Uh, What is the name of the rank the Lightning played in during 2000-2001 season? Dude, that's hard. They changed their name. They were in Amelie, and then they fucking... That, that arena that they're in right now has changed names like a thousand times. I don't have a fucking clue. It's the Ice Palace. I will never remember that. <laughs> um, who did the Tampa Bay Lightning play their 2003-04 season opener against? The Panthers. Boston. Uh, see, I don't, I don't remember. Man, that's been fucking... Twenty years ago. Uh, see some of this. That's like um, that's like nineteen ninety two. All right, here we go. Last one. You land on a uh, easy note here. Which team did Tampa Bay Lightning beat in the Stanley Cup Finals to win their first cup? Yep, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. Like I said, some of that stuff, man, I mean, I, 
Well, see, I'm not. Like I'm not a trivia person. I'm really not. Like it's hard because I don't retain. It's, it's difficult. I don't. Rem- I don't go back and remember dates of things, and I have to look that shit up. And even with some of the stuff we do on here, a lot of it I can remember years and actors and what movies they're in, but I can't remember fucking the dates of like, or even you know how many penalties a player had in one year or how many. T- you know, that, 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 that information's hard. Is it just me, or does that mask he's wearing look like the same thing? It looks like that's that, what that fucking ghost singer fucking stole his mask from. does a little bit. It also looks kind of like Johnny it, Cash. And I just went to an yeah, ad. The idea behind it, what I'm saying, is it looks like he stole that. Yeah, he might have. I don't know. Maybe he likes tourist yeah, Now we got a fucking Boomer Eisen here on fucking Car Shield ad on here. See, I'm not, there's no ads on mine. Mine just has, mine has an ad on here. But you have, yours is on TV. Yours is on your TV. Maybe it's because mine's like an app on here. I don't know. Well, no, usually on the TV there's, there's ads, so I don't, I don't know. Very rarely will it give me ads, but sometimes it does. This one just, I'm back, I'm back in now, and this bitch is uh, outside with a flashlight walking down the little... Yep. Little t- forest here, forest trap on the tourist trap here, so... <clears throat> yeah, I want to uh, talk about something else real quick. Um, I, I there there's some people I've come into contact with recently, not physical contact, but on the internet um, that just annoy the piss out of me, and <clears throat> people that uh, it's like, look, I, I understand anybody thinks they can do what we do, and and more power to you if you try, but you know. Don't act like you're, you're us. I just don't. I don't appreciate it. A lot of people, I think, uh, take what we do and uh, think they can do better because they have more money or they have more connections with other people. Financial backing. Yeah, it could just rip us off, but that's not the case. It's like we've been doing this a long time. We put a lot of passion and heart and soul into what we do. We travel to a lot of shows, especially the doctor. Mostly, uh, first and foremost, goes to a lot of those shows and, and had to dump a ton of money in traveling and stuff like that, which is why we're pretty behind on other stuff and you know our personal lives aren't cake around here and uh you know a lot of time you know doctor comes up when we were doing this as much as he could around the time you know from florida to to tennessee but it, it goes back and forth and sometimes that can't happen a lot of times that can't happen but you know there's a lot of there's still a lot of work that goes into what we do and regardless of how consistent we are or how consistent we aren't um we we do a lot constantly and a lot of planning and a lot of a lot goes into what we do. It's not just sitting around and picking our ass and watching movies, you know. Which is what we used to do as friends, you know. But before it became something more, you know, for everybody else too. But I don't take what we do for granted, and and I think a lot of people um, just think it's an easy thing to pick from. But you can't replicate the kind of you know charisma we give to this podcast and what we give to our guests and our fans and you know um, really I'm just saying I notice a lot of people you can tell that just try to rip stuff off and aren't really passionate about it they're just kind of you know coasting along with everybody else and just kind of trying to get a piece of something that they don't need to be getting a piece of you know people that aren't creative they're just doing the same old thing and I think a lot of people actually enjoy basic cookie cutter shit like they don't want 
a different brand. They don't want things that are going to tell you like it is. They want just the same old shit. And that's fine and all, but we're not here to do that. And, and even if we never really get as far as we want to with the idea that we're honest and we actually are going to tell you straight up about our bad experiences with people, whether it's professional or not to do that. But, you know, if we're being treated unprofessionally by people and we're being ripped off by people, then we're going to tell you about it because you should know that, especially if any of you listening are aspiring to do this kind of thing on your own and do it yourselves. If you actually have the passion and drive to create something out of nothing like we did and, and do something with it, that's great. You know, more power to you on that. But but have your own thing with it, you know. Don't just do what we're doing, you know. Do your own thing. Don't make it what we're doing. And I don't want somebody to run into blind what we had to go through, even though you should, because it's the experiences that kind of build the passion and make things more worth it in the end when you know how hard it was to get there. But I'm not just going to act like this is a peachy thing to do and that it's easy and that it's just fun all the time because really it's not you know we have fun what we're doing right now and you know we have fun hanging out and watching movies but when it comes down to trying to get some of these guests for you and trying to do all the you know the background work that goes into doing the podcast outside of us recording and having a good time uh there's a lot to it and there's a lot of fucking shitty people out that have tried to hold us back there's a lot of shitty people that put walls up on us that think that we're you know I think we don't do what we do correctly or they just people just think we're you know too small time for them but we've done plenty of things where it got hits because the band shared it and so did the labels when but when you have somebody that has the money to always push their own stuff and self-promote <clears throat> sure that's a leg up i get it you know and i think what we do is very intimate and it's very fun it's very laid back it's more human and it's more just like I, I want the guests, you know, the doctor wants the guests to have a casual experience where it doesn't feel like it's a fucking mandated thing by the label to do when you have a solid product that's passionate, but it's not quite hitting in certain areas. People that have more resources, that have more money, they're going to come around and take what you have and they're going to fucking use it to their advantage, but they're going to be fake because they're not, they're, they're taking something that they didn't come up with and they're just going to think that they're making it better, but really they're just straight up stealing something and you know the whole thing is this is, is you know the people doing this just this is a full disclosure and Corey will answer this I've never been intoxicated when we've recorded ever I've never even drank a beer when we've recorded so if you think drinking beer makes you quote unquote apostrophes metal well you're a fucking you're just some showboat dipshit Apparently, a lot of people do, but again, it's like we have a different format to how we do things. Because who the fuck wants to watch that? Who the fuck wants to watch that? I don't want to watch that. I remember when we first started this podcast. I'm sorry, anniversary. I remember this guy going, you know, he put a comment on something Corey had uploaded onto our YouTube page, and he put a comment. He's like, you know, there's a camera on your phone and a video option. Yeah, you know what? There's also a gun in your dad's closet. Why don't you stick it in your mouth and use it? Yeah, because the other thing about that is like... And here's the thing, people... I'll take it like this. I'll just say this. There are bands that I listen to, that you listen to, that don't get any credit, that don't make anywhere near the money that they should, but they're innovators. 
And I'll just leave it at that. Good. That's all I have to say about to go along with what you're saying, and I hope you like it. And Chuck's the killer. Um, Do you like that? Because that's where I stand with it. Say it one more time. Sorry, I saw the killer reveal there. I said there are lots of bands that I listen to that you listen to that are innovators that don't get any money or any credit or anything that they've ever done or consistency or anything great that they've done, yet they're still around and... Those are people that I look up to and respect, and that, that's what keeps me motivated in what you and I do. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, and, and even because at the end of the day, I mean, I hope people realize a diamond in the rough when they when they when they find it. But if you don't, and your whole goal is to listen to something and then try to mimic it, well, you're still stealing, and you know. Yeah, but the it's not, it's not original to steal, and it's also. It's kind of pathetic, actually. That's just boring, and, you know, because people have the attention well, span of the fucking it, fly, it, it, so... It's the same, it's the, the, the same people that, you know, if, if you're educated about something and you... and you are motivated with something, it doesn't take a genius to come along and just try to steal something and use your fucktard, no-nonsense crap to try to make it creative. Mm. But... Another thing that I would also point out to somebody, never once in the four years going on five that we've done this podcast, I have never once ever acted like we were doing something we weren't doing to get likes on our page, like, oh, well, we're we're shooting a horror film, or we're putting on a concert, or we're... so. It's kind of pathetic when you're promising stuff that you're not really giving people. Yeah. So, and, and who, I'm going to be honest with you, who the fuck wants to watch somebody talk into their phone, into a, or, 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 or a, a, a Skype camera, or goddamn, whatever you're talking to, who the fuck wants to watch that? I don't. Um, it's, just, it's about as entertaining as these stupid fucking celebrities that are quote-unquote helping everybody during this this virus is gonna end we're all gonna get better fuck you yeah and, and so you're you're just as generic as those people cause all you're trying to do is generate hype and likes and the reality is who the fuck wants to watch anything that you fucking make anyway and you know and, and, and who gives a fuck about these fuck, I don't know what it is lately it's all these northern elitists I'm very proud that I was raised in southern Florida and you know why don't you just fall into the fucking ocean you know like <laughs> go, go find a cold ocean Canadian ocean and just jump in it yeah or or, or fucking you know or maybe Niagara Falls find, find something that's close by and just swan dive into the motherfucker yeah you know, and it's very unoriginal and it's, it's it's insulting but at the same time I think it's funny because we know when we started this. Yeah. You know? 2016. And, and, yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> so, whatever, man. You know, you do what you want to do. And I don't care if it's somebody reviewing something you're stealing from us or you're fucking, whatever you're doing on your page or whatever it is you're supposedly doing that you're not really doing to just generate hype because your boyfriend that does a fucking, that does your fucking bullshit thing with you is works at some fucking established thing where he's constantly churning in money and pu- free publicity into it. 
I've never been given anything in my life, so I don't mind if I may use a really cool person of inspiration. I don't mind coming from the South and coming from nothing, because so did Michael Jordan, so, and he's the best, so. Yeah. But the reality of the whole thing is just, you know, um, it's not even pissing in one corner or the other. It's more or less just saying, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Nothing I was saying has anything to do with that. I'm just saying, you know, you're either good at what you do or you're not. I'm just saying, I I hope people, people, a lot of people have money and likes and they're not good at what they're doing. There's no product there. Right. And that's nothing but a fucking hype machine. It's a goddamn half-assed done fucking television ad. Right, and that was the the point I was making was really, you can tell the difference between actual passion and professionalism versus somebody just being bored and just trying to act like they're somebody, you know? Like, you can't act like you're somebody. You're either somebody or you're not, and that's for the people to decide. And, you know, when you got some of these people out there, and especially in death metal, it's really bad with, with a lot of personalities out there because... They think they have to dress a certain way and look a certain way and be somebody. It's like, just be comfortable. Like, you don't have to wear a stupid vest. You don't have to have a fucking mustache. Like, you don't have to do all this dumb shit. It's like, just be yourself and listen to music. And however you feel like acting, then do it. But if you're doing it specifically because you think you have to, then you're not doing it right. Because it, it's like... Also, I'm, I'm different. Some people are very visual, and some people are very just audible. So, like, if you want to watch a, a, an interview, then fine. I'm more of an uh, audio person myself, like audible. So, I like to listen to stuff and do something else at the same time because I can do both. I don't like to watch somebody talk to somebody else. Like, that's really. Well, I mean, nobody wants to see you and I run around the video. I mean, I just—it's fucking stupid. It's well, that's one thing if me and you could do because we're entertaining. But I mean, me like us. That's that's why we don't that's why we don't interview guests. Talking about a horror, it's fucking stupid. Like I don't know what. If people have to have video for fucking everything, I mean, the only video I need, obviously, I love movie and TV and stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of my movies I can listen to them and I know what they are. Man, I'm just kind of a a a strange person, you know. But well, that's another thing is. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for interview stuff, things like that. It's like we always had the policy where it's like I don't like putting a video camera in, or even a, especially a phone or something. God forbid, in a guest's face. I think it's more intimate. You have a you have a better conversation because guess what? When you're talking and interviewing, and you have like a mic or something, you forget the mic's there. You're not going to forget the camera's there. It's in your face. It's annoying. You, you're a lot less yourself when you're in in the in you know some people there's very few people there's some guests I've interviewed where they have the fucking Skype thing on like they have to see my fucking face and talk to me that's only happened a couple times there was no warning they just came on they were there and I was like okay I guess I gotta do a face thing I, I don't like people seeing my face when I'm interviewing them when I'm in person it's you know different funny story? you know funny story for all 
Aaron for Corey. I have never, even when I've been asked to turn the camera on, I'm like, absolutely not. You don't need to see what I look like. It's exactly what I say. Yeah. No, no, this is what the doctor looks like. So. Unless we go in person and then, you know, it's confidential then. We're in the green room. We're doing our thing. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the... the um, the whole point is, it's like I don't. I, I'm, that was always a thing with us. Is like we don't. We don't do audio. Audio is more intimate. You get better conversations out of it. People forget that your that your mic's there, and that they're you know they just start talking. If you have a camera there, they're going to act different. They're going to. It's going to be a different experience because they're being filmed and it's it, it's invading. You know, it's like it, people. Well, I, it comes across. I think it comes across and makes them act fake too, and you don't get as much content, and it's it's not fun for them, so they never want to do it again. It's just a bad scenario all the way around. We also treat guests how we want to be treated, and, you know, this isn't fucking ESPN where you don't just get to have these Skype calls from these fucking athletes. It's like these are guys in death metal that are just trying to hang out, and they probably haven't showered today, and they're fucking sitting in a damn house with their fucking girlfriend or something, or a dog, and they're just, you know, it's not like they clean up to do a fucking interview, you know, and, and if it's like a, a video thing, obviously, with PR and stuff, that's discussed, but... Then you have to make them look, you know, at least clean up a little bit. It's like, you know, some of these guys, it's like we just do phoners with and stuff like that. They're probably still in their fucking boxers. It's like, who cares? You know, let them be chill and fucking hanging out, drinking whatever they want and, you know, not having to worry about somebody looking at them, you know? So I think it's, it, I guess it's just us. I have more of a standard for respect and I have a different level, you know, and the doctor has a different level, you know. We have a different level of respect, I guess, than other people do as far as uh, what we want to get out of people when we talk to them. And for us personally, it's more of an intimate experience, and we want to talk to them like human beings, not like they need a camera in their face. So, you know. <clears throat> but, like I said, some people want the visual thing. It's like, but we're not that. We're a podcast, and, um, you know. We can do video stuff here and there, and if guests want to join in and do it, but if we're doing interviews, it's not ever going to be fucking video. So, I mean, it's just not... Unless it's some crazy bullshit where it's not what we're doing now, or the interviews you guys are used to listen to, like a Telloc coming up later was an audio interview, like how we always do it. And, you know, Doctor did a good job like he always does, asking really good questions that weren't stupid, and wasn't stumbling over what he was saying because he has no idea what he's talking about. He's very educated with the bands that we get on because we only ask for bands that we're educated about and want to talk to. We don't just get whatever's thrown at us and just fucking do that. We get bands we're already fans of and passionate about because we're not trying to be Revolver Magazine. You know, we're very strict on who we like and who we want on and that's why they sound good because we actually already know the shit we're asking because we're fans so that's the whole point some of these people are just trying to get content make themselves look good and act like they've you know been in a scene they've never been a part of in their entire life and you know it's it's just the way it is and basically I'm saying whoever listens to us and gives us credit thank you you know we're not asking for it but we appreciate that you that you do acknowledge that we actually care about what you listen to, you know. Does it sound the greatest? Probably not, compared to other people, but it is what it is. It's raw, it's death metal, it is what it is. And we appreciate you guys for understanding that, and that we do this, you know, because we enjoy it, and we want you guys to enjoy like we do. So, watching Taurus Trap with us... 
Yeah, I've been all over the place. And, and, but, but here's the, the whole thing of it, though, is, is uh, you know. I love that mask. It's fucking rad. I, I don't, I don't. There are things that if I was, I always try to do everything that I've done. This is just a kind of an anniversary thing for everybody, but I've always tried to do everything that I've done to the best of my ability to make it where it is listenable, it's enjoyable, and it's informative. Um, and that's it. And hopefully the listener and the guest is happy, and if I wasn't, I don't even care as long as they're happy, you know? Yeah. But I'm extremely selective and picky about who I want to talk to, and then sometimes I've done some stuff that I was like, well, I guess I'll do it. But, right. you know, overall, I've been incredibly picky about it, but... And some of the situations you'll never hear. We've had some stuff go completely in the toilet, and it sucked because it was with people that, you know, that, 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 that I or Corey liked at the time. Yeah, and, that, you know, stuff like that and happens, too. Like, and some of those were, were, were extremely awkward, and those are things that one time we had talked about putting up anyway, but there are a few of them that I'm absolutely never want released just because it was such a bad experience, you know? Even, even though, for whatever reason, I still continue to listen to that band or support that band to some degree, but... I won't even say who it is, but you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, and I would say that it's, it's something that's humiliating, so it's not something that I want ever aired, you know. So right, and that happens sometimes. And it's professional. We kept it professional, I think, and we could have done it back then because it's stuff that happened a long time ago. First couple of years we were started, it hasn't happened in a long time, but, you know, thank God. But. Which is another reason I would never have somebody on a video and live stream any interview because God forbid you get shit like that, you know? And it's like out there. But I think if it's I guess if it's video more people would be less inclined to be shitty than audio where you can just not use it. But if it's But, but I still I would never one more thing about what you were saying earlier. I'm not intimidated at all by anyone and I'm definitely not intimidated by some fag that's fucking, you know, he, he, this is some guy that used to go to fucking Warp Tour, and now you, all of a sudden you're into death metal? Fuck off, dude. Fuck <laughs> off, man. You know, be real about shit, you know, and, and, and putting a bunch of fucking VHS tapes doesn't make you a horror fan. Fuck VHS. I watch fucking Blu-ray and 4K, baby. I don't fuck with that bullshit. Oh, yeah. You know, Gorecross collects them for fun, but he don't watch them motherfuckers. I, it's just not for me, man. I, I'm a high res motherfucker. I'm, I'm living in 2020, you know. But yeah. if you want to, if you want to think that having cassettes and IPA beer and all this stuff makes you fucking metal, <laughs> news for you, Jack. You're not because you know I got more respect for people that just just do it your own way, you know. But people people like to like to have this facade about it. You know, and, and I've always been one. I've never felt like I belonged to anything. I damn sure never felt like I belonged to anything in metal. I, I, yeah. I adore death metal and extreme music, but I've never felt like I belonged to it. And yeah. people that go around and constantly chant that and everything else, you're just as fake as these these fucks that went to Warp Tour that all of a sudden think they're into some niche genre so they can make some niche name for themselves. Eat a dick, you know? Yeah. Fuck off. That's what I'm saying, you know. No one invited you to this party, so fucking show your ass out, you know? That's really it on that, but, yeah. It is, I would be, but that's good. It's good to fucking all people know, you know? It's, it's, and people that are intelligent know what the fuck we're talking about. If you know what we're talking about, I don't know. 
put it together like a crossword puzzle, figure it out. It's it's right there. You know, and we're even being professional about that. We're not calling anybody out. We're just letting them know that we know that they're there, you know? Yeah. We're not blind. People people apparently over the past fucking four years shooting on year number five think that Corey and I are blind. Well, I've got news for you, we're not. Not yet. Yeah. You know. So just just remember that. That we can see and hear all things. And we're always watching. Like the rest is all knowing and all seeing. Yep. We're always watching. I'm always watching. Always watching. Never sleep. Out at night. Always paying attention. Always looking over my shoulder, so. Yep. You want to do something creative? Do it. You want to rip somebody off? That's fine, too. But just remember that people, people know what you do. And people know, people can figure out where it came from. It doesn't take that much to figure that out. And you know what, though? The other thing, it's kind of, it's actually kind of pathetic, too, because if you can't come up with something original to do with your own, with your own time creatively, you know, I was approached by Corey to do this. This is his baby. Phantasm is his baby. And it's, I've been blessed to be a part of it. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you stumble into, into uh, great experiences in your life. This has been a great experience for me, and, and I'm, I'm happy to still be here. So, Me too, man. It's been fun. It's still fun. Oh, yeah. It's still fun. A tourist trap and get some fucked up, uh, almost Can like, uh... Mask, dude. It looks like... I'm not, not to talk... I, I check out my buddy Porno that did the first God of the Seasons episode. That'll be coming you guys away at some point. Yeah, shout out to, to old that. Porno. Yeah. But, but, dude, he kept... Just like I'm, I'm bringing it up, just like he was bringing up this meth hat that was in, in uh, Hot Dog the Movie. It's like <laughs> every time I see Chuck Connors, I think about that mask because it looks like we're fucking... It looks like a fucking mask that the fucking ghost singer was wearing. Uh, it's, right. it's, a fucking, it's like a total ripoff. This kind of reminds me at this point in the film, like Maniac, you know, where instead of the scalps, it's you know, it's all mannequins still. But it's not. Yeah, as much as I hate to say this, you almost kind of wonder if he kind of ripped something off this. This is very, very unique film. Or like a Fun House too. It's kind of got that vibe. You know, both of the all, all three. It does. It does. You know, this movie. If you guys like Maniac, Tourist Trap, definitely something to check out as well as as well as Fun House. Did we ever do Fun House? Did we? We did. We did. We did do Fun House. Man, that's an underrated Toby Hooper gem. If you guys haven't seen, I don't know if it's out of print. Screen Factory put this really nice Blu-ray out of it. It's one of the first ones in their line that they did. Yep. Ever. So it may be out of print. I'm not sure, but it's definitely worth a look, and it's a beautiful Blu-ray. It is. It looks really good, and um, it's a classic movie. And it's another one of those weird mannequin scalp movies, you know, like around that time. And that's what, you know, and this was... What episode is that? So folks can go look that up for you, yeah? Um, I don't remember what number. It's one of our earlier ones. It was, if I'm not mistaken, it was the double shot we did with, uh, it was Terrence from Suffocation and I think... Uh, Alex from Crisium was on that episode nice. and it was nice. the Sleazy P. Martini of Guar because we were in two separate places yeah 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 right on two separate places I was at Guarbecue you went to Summer Slaughter so we covered both of those at once and put all the three interviews into one episode as like this big summer episode and we did the fun house for it so it's rad it's fun it's one of the earlier ones we did um, of course you know this was um was that they're all they're all pretty close 
apart because they did this one is what 79 and then Maniac was 80 and then Funhouse was 81 so if anything the Funhouse took from this and Maniac most likely um very loosely, but there are similarities to all, both of those films. Definitely Funhouse. But. I gotta say this: this is easily the best Charles Band film I've ever seen. Oh, that's yeah, awesome! And, you know, you know, Puppet Master's okay. You know, the first one, and but they get a little wonky after a while. Um, and there is a thing, folks, and, and and bands beware too. If you're fucking shitty to us, there is a, a segment that we've have yet to do, but eventually it will happen, and it won't include this film, obviously. But um, if bands are really shitty and it's it, it's an interview we want to go ahead and just uh, expose, you will get what is called you will get what is called the Charles Band treatment, which is we give you a movie like The Ginger Dead Man or something really awful or like you know Puppet Master Nine or fucking Evil Bong Six, and that's the film you're going to get for your for your interview to be put to be plugged with. So we'll still put up the interview. But you're getting the Charles Band treatment. And you're getting trashed the whole time. So maybe just be stay professional. Don't be a dick, and you won't have to worry about the Charles Band treatment. But it is a thing here at Phantasm. We just haven't had the pleasure of uh, doing that yet. But it'll it'll happen eventually. Well, realistically, a lot of times, if, if I may be so bold, a lot of times, you know, we just don't want to give them anything that goes into the. And like I said, luckily we haven't had to deal with that a whole lot. Um, yeah, it's really been. The guests are mostly great, you know. But sometimes it's a last minute thing. Sometimes, you know, a lot of these times I would just love to interview some of these tour managers and then have them get the Charles Band because a lot of times it's them, not so much the bands, you know. Um, I tell you, man, I, I gotta go. I gotta bring this up. I gotta, I gotta say, the worst ever. I, I, you know, we did this on the Christmas thing. I'm gonna bring it back up again. Worst experience so far in my life was shit I was dealing with last year. Morbid Angels tour manager, cocksucker. Faith Warnings tour manager, which we never even put that interview up. Nope. And that's not a bad interview. Maybe we should talk that one up, actually. No, we but said. The tour manager was a fucking dick. Do what now? So you said not to, so I never did. Well, maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we'll dig that one out, because he, he was nice. It wasn't his fault. I was supposed to have got Jim Mathias, and I know this is not really the top podcast for that, but I grew up kind of. I was always a big Rush fan, so I like to do some, like, progressive, you know, uh, metal stuff like Queen Drake and Pitch Warning. But anyway, long story short, those guys were horrible. And then the icing on the cake was the At The Gates tour manager. What a shitbag. Yeah. That guy was a fucking unprofessional prick. They told me I had fucking 10 minutes. I did the motherfucker in 10 minutes. Corey can tell you right now, that interview is right at 10 minutes. It is. But, you know, it is what it is. We run across that sometimes, and I probably said more than I should have just then, but whatever, you know. No, I mean, if you're going to be assholes, you should people as know about it. popularly said for the past four years, I'm not getting paid, so yeah. I'll say what I fucking want. Neither's Corey, so, you know. But, you know, it's it's sad that, that, that that's where stuff ends sometimes, but, you know, especially when, you know, it, it, just, it was a shame because we had everything set up you know, with the label, and, and, and this guy was just a fucking lying cocksucker. Told me the day before I was good. I traveled to the show over in Florida. The guy was fucking like three hours away, and fucking the guy fucking takes shit in my mouth. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, it's just unprofessional. It's not cool. And, and when stuff like that happens, 
Yeah, I, I couldn't believe Stitt's doing a Charles Dance thing because every time I think about it, it's more fucking puke when I think about that interview, you know? So, right. Unfortunately, we've had some things go wrong. It's, you know. I yeah. Don't know what your words was. I'm assuming the. I, well, I think I know what it is, but. Well, it's, it's usually when we do stuff like that, we're kind of out of our element in the first place. It's something we don't really want to do, and we usually get burned on it. So, it's just something we're trying really hard not to do anymore. So, um, you know. You live and learn through things like that, and you know uh, it's not something we, we it could have still went fine had people been professional about it, but they weren't. So you know it's it's just the way it, it works sometimes with us, and, and it's never anything we do. We're just trying to accommodate the people we ask for and, and try to be nice about it and professional. And then some people just want to step on your balls. Story, though, I, I've got to share this. When I was leaving there, I totally got into it with that tour manager for at the gates. It was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just like, you know what, you know what, man? He's just like, I never told you that. I was like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you fucking did. Yeah. You know. But oh well, you know. And, and I don't have a problem. When, when I'm that mad at that point, you know, like the infamous uh, uh, Jeff Hardy But, you know, with all this stuff going on now, it's kind of a lot better for right now because we don't have to waste our time as much for people. Oh, yeah. They want to call or... so too but just FYI if we feel like we're going to keep stuff and, and you're going to be a dick on like for no reason to us just because you're in a bad mood and you're taking it out on press which is here to help you then you're getting the Charles Band treatment and or you're getting called out or both it's like, it's like, well, who, I didn't know I was doing an interview with fucking Jim Morrison motherfucker yeah that's another yeah. thing too it's like you know we're, we're wasting our time for you to be a dick to us even though we're just fans trying to talk to you for like 10 minutes you know there's no, there's, it's uncalled for completely. Now, if we were assholes, if we were assholes, you know, that's one thing. If I was like, hey, fuck your mother, okay, Corey Gorkreis Phantasm, like, I don't do that. Like, I don't come on there. I, I'm very professional. I'm trying to cut up with you and be nice and in a normal conversation, like we're human beings. Some people just have egos, or some people just don't want to do stuff or talk to you or 
think that it's dumb. It's like, well, if you think promoting your own band is dumb, then whatever. You know, it's I'm trying to promote my podcast, yeah, but I'm not just you know I'm getting bands I like on here. I'm not getting bands I think you know. I'm not asking for fucking goddamn Guns and Roses because I don't fucking want that bullshit. You know, it's like I'm trying to get this death metal band. You're playing at a fucking bottom level of a club with like bands no one's ever heard of it's like you know give me a fucking break <clears throat> don't be a fucking dick just go through it for 10 minutes you'll be done if you don't want to do it then guess what just say no it's a lot easier than you know that but but that's all that's all really we'll get to uh, i hope hope you fans understand that because a lot of people ask me or ask the doctor like how do you do these interviews or how does this even happen it's like well it's a really lengthy process of back and forth shit and sometimes it's yes or no when it's yes sometimes it's still also eventually no for some reason so or you get there and everything's it's very dicey. You know, yeah it can be a mixed bag well you you never know you get to the venue and it's like yeah cool meet here and then you don't hear anything or you meet at the merch booth and you're like oh maybe we'll just do it after and then they're like oh well i don't know you know people change their minds people don't want to do it and i understand cue up the tardy brothers will do final thoughts on the film now that it's over yeah, Taurus Trap. It's pretty solid, and I didn't, you know, really didn't realize I haven't seen it in so long that it was kind of the, the 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 precursor of like what would be like Maniac a year later, and then following Funhouse. Like it's kind of in that little realm of weird, like mannequin horror shit. You know, I think it kind of jump started that weird. You know, dude dressing up in mannequin mask and fucking hacking people up. I think it's awesome. It's not really that gory or anything or over the top, but it's it, it's it's freaky. It's got, it's got a pretty good pace to it, though. It's not real slow. I was real impressed with that. You know. Yeah, it's it's freaky. You know, like the masks are cool. All the there's like supernatural element to it. You know, where all the kind of mannequins move on their own and like there's a lot of telepathy going on and shit. And I thought it was really neat that they had the supernatural element to it also and you know uh thought that slosson the killer played by chuck connors was pretty pretty badass and you gotta love all uh tanya roberts as becky she's fucking hot so it's nice having that around in horror film of course <clears throat> and uh i think it made for a solid movie one of the early charles band produced films and uh had great music by a great composer um and that's a solid director too all around uh, classic in my opinion especially anyone that knows the full moon catalog there's a lot of weird or unwatchable shit in that catalog that is just it's 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 like a clean trauma like it's just it's just fucking weird and it's it's not good but you know the earlier stuff like this and some of the puppet masters some of the earlier Full Moon stuff's definitely worth watching, but this one, I'd have to say, is probably by far the best one in that whole Full Moon catalog that I've seen, personally. It's a good movie. I mean, it's, it's, got, it's, it's got its moments, but it, it went by really quick. It's got a good pace to it, but ladies are, for the most part, pretty attractive, especially ones that die. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's strange. It's got a cool feel to it. Uh... Definitely one of the better things we've watched recently, definitely, especially on this, while we've been doing this social distancing interview shit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, podcast. Totally agree. But yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie. And the Blu-ray is apparently available. It's exclusively through Amazon. You get like 12, 14, 15 bucks off Amazon right now. So, 
all the full movie stuff as it comes out, like Transfers, which is another movie that I fucking love. You can get that off there. Um, there's also a, a Puppet Master collection. It's like a 90, 92 bucks plus like six bucks shipping, so about a hundred bucks. And, and they, that's exclusive to them too. It's a nice little box set. Yeah, it's very cool. These are the limited one that, that Full Moon did off their website. It's only got a thousand bucks, but yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, Full Moon stuff is some good shit. You know, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, I, I really like it is uh, hitting the Pendulum remake. Yeah. That um, the late, uh, well, of course, Lance Henderson's in it, but the late. Um, um, Oh shit! Um, the late, great, amazing uh, Dolls reanimator director did it, um, and uh, John Carl Bugler. No. Yeah, he's from the Dolls. No, the no, the reanimator director did that. Stuart oh, Richard, it. it's uh, Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon, yeah. I was talking about Stuart Gordon. Yes. So Stuart Gordon, so that Hidden Pendulum's a good Stuart Gordon movie. If you've never seen it, sorry, I just totally slipped my brain there for a minute, folks. Um, I've been up a long time today, but anyway, you know, not cares for the doctor, but anyway, but yeah, Stuart Gordon, Hidden Pendulum remake of the Vincent Price classic. Of course, it's amazing too. Was you yeah. that? Um, and now all of those Vincent Price collections that Screen Factory put out are all out of print now. Yep. But don't worry about me, because I still have mine in the chest, locked and closed. You sure do. My vault. But, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, Tourist Track's good. I recommend it. I think it's cool. Um, it's not gory, but it's fun. It's better than uh, 90% of the horror movies that are coming out nowadays, I think, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, always give me something retro. Of course, I'm a retro kind of guy. I like me some retro stuff. And, me you too. Know, Good stuff. For 79 was a decent year for film, and there's a lot of really iconic stuff. And I think Taurus Trap still holds up to this day. It's got a lot to offer, even now. Like, it's very freaky, and the mannequin thing's, you know, effective. And, you know, it's cool. I dig it. The, you know, just alone. Oh, I, think I, think I think it's definitely worth a watch. You guys get a chance. Chew it up and listen along with us when this shit comes out. And check it out and see what you think. Um, I also want to take a second to thank. Um, the Lock Mayhem. Sorry, that track. Uh, their new latest album, uh, which unfortunately I think it's over here. It's killer. Uh, he wrote the majority of it. That's why he was our guest. Um, I realize a lot of people would rather hear from Paul Hammer or, you know, uh, some of the other cats like what we had before. But, you know, unfortunately, Necrobush, those guys did not contribute uh, to this record like they have in the past. So this, this gentleman that we had on is a killer guest and he, you know, he wrote the whole fucking record it was very nice and uh, he just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that you can get tour merch from him uh, just go to uh, True Mayhem uh, on Facebook and there's links there to buy that merch from the different territories you're in and just find the perfect one and buy some merch from them help them out hopefully they get back over here they lost a lot of money which you'll hear about in the interview <clears throat> we got into that a little bit um, yeah. we got really bad for them for that but uh, yeah it's a killer interview and uh, interesting guy. Obviously, there's always a language barrier, you know. As people have these extravagant names and stuff, you say this shit wrong, whatever. <laughs> Keep moving. Good interview, right. though. I thought it was fun. It's very good, and we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, the doctor interviews Telok from Mayhem. I talk about Damon, and you can get it. Obviously, now it came out the end of last year. 
uh, on Century Media Records. So while you're in quarantine or while you're not, you're going back to work, whatever the fuck you're doing, uh, stream it, buy it, help support the band, and uh, help support all the other bands that are losing money right now because we're not going to their shows this year. So whole year of not doing a damn thing. Some bands that just released albums to tour and can't, even in their own home states and stuff or countries can't do it so be supportive in this time of need and uh in this time be a real fan and actually support the bands instead of just trying to smooth around your own nuts and and we thank you for listening sticking with us been four years it's been great here's to four more and uh yeah long live the true horror and death metal stay gory Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with Phantasm Podcast, and so I'm Tell It from Mayhem, one of my favorite bands, and thank you so much for joining us today, and he's talking to us all the way from Norway, so, um, and we were just chatting about COVID-19, which is, so we were talking, about, we were chatting briefly about COVID-19, but now we're going to talk about the new Mayhem album, and uh, get your guys' minds off of that bullshit, so we're not going to talk about that, so... Uh, so the new album, uh, Damon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great record, man. I wanted to go ahead and just kind of jump into this track by track with you. So, uh, the dying false King is track one. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. What do, what do you want to know? It's, uh, it's just, uh, it's a metal song. What else is it to say? Uh, for lyrics, it's uh, it's about people uh, who base their whole life on a lie, I guess, and getting one day caught up in uh, in all their bullshit. Right. Uh, as with this uh, song and all the other lyrics, it's uh, it's not any deeper meanings behind any of them. Uh, they are just words that sounds metal put together. <laughs> 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 basically right uh, but in one way most of them are uh, also about different kind of demons uh, mythical and personal demons so that's the, I think is the short version of, of all the songs actually right and, and some of them I didn't write either so I had no idea about the meaning behind them but uh, well. I wrote seven or something <laughs> but uh, yeah so that's, uh, it's not much to say <laughs> about the lyrics in general now on a lot of the songwriting so that, that, do you is is it is it Necro Butcher that does all the songwriting or is it uh... no he, he doesn't write any songs uh, he stopped his last thing he wrote was Death Crush I believe oh wow I did not know that that's interesting um, but he, he did uh, he did write a lyric on uh, the new album called Bad Blood. That's his lyric. Oh, okay, we'll have to hop over to that one in a sec. So, so the second track, uh, Agenda uh, Ingus. That's, uh, that's again about the demons, and it's about uh, being possessed 
the, the evil mind, I guess. Right. I think I have to pull up all the lyrics here if you want to know anything about them. I mean, just anything you wanted to say about the song, recording it, anything, you know, cool like that that you wanted to just share with us? There's, there's like, no songs that stands out uh, that I can think about. Uh, we had a recording process of recording drums in Sweden, and we recorded guitars at our houses. Oh, okay. uh, I recorded my guitars in Norway and Charles T's guitars in Netherlands. Then uh, Attila came into the same uh, studio. We recorded the drums and did his vocals. And uh, I recorded your own space uh, in a studio in Oslo. Nice. And it was all mixed and mastered uh, by the same studio. We recorded the drums. So it was a fairly easy process. Nice. With, uh, with actually, we were, none of us were in the studio at the same time, actually. Oh, okay. Well, and then track you track three, Bad Blood. You said that was the one, that, and Necro did the lyrics on that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Necro Butcher lyric, and uh, and the first one he have done since Death Crush. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> no, it is. I, I did not again. know that. Um, that's very interesting. Um, and then track four, uh, Malium. Malum, yes, it's, uh, it's, uh, hold on, I have to pull up the lyrics here now. Oh, no, it's cool. Malum is Latin, uh, but I don't know what it means because I didn't write that lyric, <laughs> and I don't know Latin either. <laughs> I will just power uh, through so it with me, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Malum is actually Hellhammer's lyric. Oh, okay. So we all uh, contributed a bit to this uh, to this album, actually. With uh, Ghoul, our newest member, also wrote a couple of lyrics. And this is the first album Attila didn't write anything on. Really? He didn't write anything on this? He, I gave him one of my lyrics that he desecrated and kind of made into <laughs> his own. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but he's... Uh, uh, Attila had these personal things going on with his father dying, so we didn't have any time oh, to write anything. Good. So we just had to step up to the plate, all of us, and uh, help him out to write all this. Well, the record's great, man. It's it's a great record. Oh, thanks for that. Um, thanks. So track five, uh, falsified and hated. Yeah, that's uh, one of my songs again. Uh, it's. It's very untypical mayhem, I think. It's very... I don't know what to say. Uh, it's, it's catchy, in a way, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that one has kind of a... I mean, for mayhem, it kind of has a hook, I guess, to it. Um, it's, it's kind of quirky, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I said, I was... I, the, the latest record... Because the record before... The, the the record before was really it took me a while to to kind of get into it the the new record I thought was incredibly easily accessible for a mayhem record um, yeah for that me was, uh, the whole plan actually it's yeah, great it's a fun it's, it's fun uh, it's fun to listen to um, yeah <laughs> which is I mean seriously because like some of the records to, are you know you never know what you get so it's I, I I'm blown yeah, away with true. it yeah. 
So uh, the plan was that uh, the plan for us was to make an easy album, uh, a simplified album, not uh, not necessarily easy to listen to, but uh, we we wanted to simplify everything instead of uh, being this technical mumbo jumbo things that we're really known for. Right. So it's uh, was an experiment for us to see if we could actually do it uh, as well, and I think. I think it's it came out very naturally and, uh, and very good actually. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, track six, uh, Aeon Demonium. Yeah, one of my songs again. Uh, I wanted to make this epic uh, intro on, for one song, so that's where this idea comes from. It's. Uh... When you when you sit down and write stuff uh, f- for a record, is it is it stuff that you just come up with randomly, or do you is it something that you ha- you've already had this idea from like the last record, or while you're touring, or you know how does that come into there for you? Uh, it's just uh, I get ideas as soon as I sit down with a guitar, uh, and I just try out different ideas and see. Uh, See what what it leads into. Right. Uh, well, it's. I, I, I never have any plans when I sit down. Uh, just go with the flow. Nice. Well, it's like I said. The records. It's really cool. I really like this record. Uh, track seven is worthless. Abominations destroyed. Yeah, that's uh, another one of mine. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, the whole. Uh, the whole song actually came alive after uh, I made the last riff on that song first. Um, and then it, it evolved into this blast beat stuff just going on forever. Uh, so, the, so the first idea that I got when I'm making the first riff, that's now the last riff, was that this should be a, a, like a slow song, but it turned, turned into a blast beat hell instead. <laughs> So yeah, I'm, uh, that's one of my favorites on the album, actually. Yeah, it's it's a that's a. Actually, I think that was the first track that I heard. So yeah, that was the first single. Yeah, so I it's I like it. Like I liked it right off the bat. Um, and then track eight, uh, Damon Spawn. Uh, another one of mine. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I was trying something else again. Uh, Another song that's very unmayhem. Uh, it's not very mayhemish, but uh, that's what I like about making music. I like to challenge uh, the listener and also the band to try something new instead of doing the same stuff all the time. Right, right. Yeah, this record. This like- is, uh, I think, is a very slow and doomy kind of song. Uh, I really like this one as well, actually. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you all played that one live, uh, Day One Spawn? We haven't, but we we have rehearsed it uh, at sound checks and stuff, so we can know how to play it, and it sounds very good actually. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and then of Worms and Ruins, track nine. Yeah, that's uh, Ghoul's uh, song, and also his first single. Uh, I think this is his lyrics as well. Okay. It looks looks like it. <laughs> yeah. 
And and you and now he was he's the newest member of the band as well. You said. Yeah. So this is the the song, the, the first song that we introduced him as a songwriter into Mayhem. So I think he did good job on that one. Okay. And had he been playing live with you all before he actually technically joined, or? started just uh, a year after me actually but uh, it was not till now he uh, started uh, coming up with the material for them gotcha for the record right um, and then track uh, 10 the last track of the album invoke the oath yeah that's me again uh, here I actually had an idea about trying to make uh, make uh, Make make a song sound like a, sound like a ritual or something. It was uh, nothing much more to say. <laughs> it, well, it was a cool way to exit the record. I thought, um, you know, it's like I said the the record before. I it took me a minute to get up. You know, some records are you know different than and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I you know if I listen to something enough. Because um, I'm not a, like a track person. I'm a whole album person when I listen to a record. Um, so, you know, I always try to give stuff, even the first listen, I'm not going to give another shot. But this this record was very, I don't know, for me, as a, I really enjoy it. I've listened to it several times, the latest record, and um, I really like it. Of course, you guys can pick that up now. That's through Century Media Records here in the States. And uh, I was going to ask you, so do you guys, speaking of the tour that you had to cancel, obviously, because of the the outbreak shit uh are you all planning on coming back to the states or yeah our team uh, is working on uh, shuffling things around so so that we can come over fast i think but uh i don't know the update on that right now oh i'm sure yeah well i mean hell i don't think anybody does with anything man i tell you like i said everything over here people are losing their minds and freaking out and that we have uh, about 72k dollars in debt because of this cancellation man I'm so sorry yes it's fucking annoying man it's like and and we you know I don't think anyone in this country was prepared for any of it it's like all sports stuff have been canceled or delayed you know they just canceled the Olympics like everything's just a fucking mess so it's it's a shame. I I got burned on a hotel room. I was supposed to have to come down there to see you guys. So I was just like, it's always something, man. It's fucking Fuck. yeah. It's just fucking bullshit. So, but hopefully you guys get to come back over. Um, I saw yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. We really want to do that. So hope it's happening soon. I saw you guys in Nashville a few years ago. Was the last time I saw you um, with Immolation. Um, oh yeah. It was a strange club too that you all played. I, I had never been in that club before in Nashville, and, and but the show was amazing. I mean, it was it was fantastic, man. I've loved it. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's actually our second show we did at, at that venue. Yeah, I had never. Like I said, I don't go to Nashville a lot. Um, I live in Florida, but I've got family in Tennessee, so I run up through Georgia and Tennessee sometimes to catch shows and. If I'm up there and we came over there, I interviewed Attila actually at that. So that was kind of interesting. That's the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. Super nice. But man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Um, hopefully maybe catch up with you out on the road. You guys or something, do another interview. Uh, hope to get to see you guys play. Um, man, dude, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. No worries.
Boris, uh, do you think it's possible for you to share our link to our tour merch that we got tons of? Absolutely. Um, do, do you want to send it to me on Skype and then I can put it on our our, our website and our fucking uh, Facebook page? Yeah, 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 perfect, man. Yeah, just send them to me and I'll have my co-host put all that stuff on the website. And we've got a website. We've been doing that. We've been doing this podcast for four years. So Perfect. Okay, so uh, do that and you have a nice day. You too, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Likewise, bye-bye. bye-bye.